The results are in for May 2017 for the Toronto Real Estate Board. The market is showing signs of cooling. Should you be worried? Find out on today's episode. Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Hi, and welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for your time today listening to me thank you for your support for the show. Again, on today's episode, I want to talk about the latest numbers for the Toronto Real Estate Board, which just came out. So we're recording this early June 2017, and we're talking about the numbers that just came out for May 2017. So the market obviously has been red hot for a very, very long time. And now we have seen the market perhaps start to shift. So the numbers, what do the numbers say? The numbers basically indicate that prices are slowing down. Prices are down less, lower. Prices are lower for the month of May than they were in the month of April. Of course, prices are still up significantly from this time last year. But compared to previous months where we've seen price increases year over year of 20 to 30 percent now the price increase is only about 14 15 percent sort of range only in quotation marks of course because that's still a very massive number but the number that a lot of people have focused on in the media and and elsewhere is the fact that sale prices have gone down average sale price has gone down approximately five six percent for May 2017 compared to April 2017. So month to month, average price has come down five or 6%. And so that number obviously is what a lot of people are scratching their heads on perhaps or thinking about, or if you're selling a detached house in Toronto right now, maybe you're a little bit worried about that particular number. So we wanna talk about what's happening in the market on today's episode. I'm going to give you five thoughts, my five thoughts on the market and what's happening right now. First thought, most importantly, is this question for you, which is, and for the media and for everybody out there who's talking about the real estate market right now and talking about these numbers from the month of May, the big question for me that I want to pose to you is, since when does one month make a trend? One month does not make a trend. We've just had data from one month and people are trying to draw conclusions from it. Obviously, that's the most important thing I think to remember is this is just one month. Um, One month does not a trend make. You've got to look at markets over longer periods of time. Uh, One of my clients texted me this week and they were asking me about the market and when I thought about the May numbers and how the results might compare to April. And my answer to them was, I don't know, and I don't really care. I don't look at the market from month to month to draw conclusions from it. The other sort of part of this first point is that average prices, another reminder for everybody, is that average prices are a very um, uh, questionable or volatile or not the greatest measure to sort of understand what's happening in the market. Average prices can be very deceiving because average prices are just composed of whatever property sold in that given month or period of time. 
And those properties, when you're comparing it to another month or period of time, those properties are always changing. So the mix of properties that are actually selling uh, are, are always different from one period to the next. So when you're looking at average prices, average prices can be very volatile. If, if a lot of cheap properties sell in a month, they can pull average prices down. If a lot of expensive high-end properties sell in a month, it can pull average prices way up. So average price, unfortunately, is the number one thing that most media report on and put in headlines and focus on. But it's not the most reliable or useful stat to look at, unfortunately, but this is the one that uh, everybody is fixated and focused on. Um, again, prices came down a little bit month over month, so a number of things could cause that. One of the most obvious things is that there are fewer homes in the higher end that sold, or maybe there were more homes on the lower end that sold. Hmm, think about that. Maybe because prices have risen so much, nobody can afford very expensive homes anymore. Therefore, they're buying less expensive homes. Therefore, prices could be pulled down. I mean, that's just one example. I'm not saying that's necessarily true, but I'm just saying when you're looking at average prices and you're, you're trying to draw conclusions from a single month especially, it's very dangerous. It's not very useful. And, you know, to draw conclusions or to... Uh, take action or not take action based on you know one month of data is really not a smart and useful thing so we're going to talk about that in a little bit more detail here in today's episode what is smart and useful and how you need to think strategically as an investor again we're speaking i'm speaking to you the condo investor and i am hopefully providing you with some useful information as you're building your portfolio and as you are um, looking to generate wealth through real estate investment, specifically in the condo market. Okay, that's the first point. Second point is I told you so. <laughs> Second point is I told you so. So we've been, if you've been listening, regular listener to the podcast, watching my videos on Facebook and on my website, you know that and reading my emails, of course. By the way, are you getting my weekly email updates? If you're not, you are greatly missing out. You need to make sure you're getting my weekly email updates. Sign up at truecondos.com. Put your name and email onto truecondos.com pretty much anywhere, and that will loop you in to getting my weekly email updates, and that will get you plenty of great content, more content like this uh, that hopefully you will enjoy. And once again, it's all free. So anyways, let's go back to point number two. So I told you so. If you've been listening to the podcast regularly, you know that as the market has been going nuts for the past, you know, six to 12-ish months, I've been telling you, don't get used to this. Don't get used to it. I've been saying over and over and over again, uh, as investors, we, we don't want to get used to or make decisions on what to buy or not to buy based on prices going up at 20, 30%. Uh, Per year. That is not normal. That is not sustainable. As we said so many times, that things would revert back to normal. What is normal for Toronto real estate? Well, if you look at the past 50 or 60 years, which again, there's a good period of time to look at to establish a trend when you're talking about real estate investing 50 or 60 years as opposed to one month. Uh, when you look back 50, 60 years over, over uh, in Toronto real estate, it's about five to six percent is what the uh, appreciation rate is typically 
um, averaging out too. Some years it's zero, some years it's two, three percent, some years it goes down, you know, uh, five or ten percent. Some years, like we we've just experienced, it goes up, you know, twenty to thirty percent. These years are extremely rare, but occasionally it does happen, and it just did. It looks like those days are probably gone uh, for the next while. We probably won't see these 20-30% increases uh, on an annualized basis for a while again, but that's okay. Again, things, uh, if you look at year over year right now, we're down to about 15%. Um, if, if this trend sort of continues, then again, that will get knocked down to 10, 8, 7%, you know, over the next five, six, seven months as, as we adjust to, uh, to the new sort of reality and the new cycle that we're in. And that's okay. That's perfectly fine. We can make fantastic returns as investors with a, with an average long term appreciate appreciation rate of five six percent over, say, a ten year period of a typical investment. You can make absolutely fantastic double digit uh, returns on your investment if that's what you're looking at. And that is most likely what we are going to be looking at over the next ten years because that's what we've seen over the last 50 and, and that's probably going to continue. So that's the second point. The third point that I wanna bring up is, let's hypothetically say the market is slowing down, which, you know, let's, let's sort of hope that it is because we, we don't want things to continue at a crazy pace of 20, 30% year over year, um, insane bidding wars everywhere. Um, it's just not sustainable. So. Let's assume the market is slowing down back, going back to more normal levels. Now, uh, or, or even, you know, the market is in some kind of a, a cooling phase right now. Once, as my friend Roy likes to say, once everyone realizes they still need a place to live, then things are going to return to normal, right? When you're, you know, right now people are uh, sort of taking a wait and see approach, a lot of people and sort of you know, looking at how the, the new uh, rules put on by the provincial government are going to affect the market and what's happening here. A lot of people sort of standing back and kind of waiting and looking around. But here's the thing. Once everyone realizes that they still need a place to live, that things are going to return back to normal. So, you know, those, those, that, that, that guy living in the basement apartment who says, you know what, in a month or two or three months, he says, you know what, I don't want to live in this basement apartment anymore. I need to move. You know, for the couple, young couple who's having their first child, you know what? This studio, this uh, 400 square foot one bedroom, it's not going to cut it. We need to move. You know, the the, uh, the the person who's been relocated for their work, we need to move. The the 85-year-old who needs to, to downsize, we need to move. Like, again, people will always need a place to live and people will always need to move. Things will return to normal. People are taking a temporary pause, and and but nothing changes the fact that people still need to move. It's not nothing has changed in that regard. So once people realize this, again, the market will pick up again, and things will return to normal. Prices will continue to rise. Hopefully, they don't rise at twenty to thirty percent year over year, but if they're rising at again, five to 10%, then as investors, we are very, very happy with those kind of numbers. 
and we can make excellent, excellent returns. Will they go back to, you know, 12, 15, 18%? I don't know. I do not know. But again, over the next 10 years, if prices average 5% appreciation year over year over the next decade, then, you know, I wouldn't be a genius to call that because that's exactly what's happened over the last 50 years. So that's the sec- uh, third point. Point number four is a question. And the question is, you know, since the new rules have been put in place on April 21st with uh, Kathleen Wynne and the provincial government, rent control and foreign buyer tax and these announcements, what has changed since then? Uh, that's a question for you. What has changed since then? My answer to that question is really absolutely nothing. Nothing has fundamentally changed with the economy, with the housing market. Nothing has fundamentally changed. The only thing that's changed is people's perceptions. People's perceptions have changed. People's psychological state has changed. And thus, we have uh, different behaviors in the marketplace. As I said, a lot of people uh, just sort of taking a wait and see, stand on the sidelines sort of approach. Let's see how long that you can stay on the sidelines without taking action. So, Again, nothing is nothing's fundamentally changed. We didn't, we didn't suddenly get a new injection of thousands of new homes into the marketplace. New properties were suddenly built. Uh, you know, five new condo buildings with a thousand units each suddenly uh, opened their doors. Entire subdivisions, uh, you know, across the GTA were the ribbons were cut, and then those properties were made available. No, we haven't had any massive injection of, of, of new supply into the existing um, stock of homes. We didn't get some horrible economic news. There was, there's not some recession or, or something. People aren't losing their jobs. Jobs are not leaving Toronto. Toronto wasn't hit with some kind of a disaster, a flood, or a, you know, a terrorist uh, attack. Or uh, Canadian dollar has not change is still very cheap um in the global stage compared to to uh u.s dollar and other currencies so again fundamentally looking at the economics looking at population people still moving to toronto looking at our job market um nothing has changed fundamentally everything is still the same and again once people realize that and once people realize they still need a place to live then the whole the engine is going to start up again and things will return back to normal. And my final point that I want to make on this topic and on this episode is number point number five, look at Vancouver. Look at what's happening in Vancouver right now. There's some great articles out there uh, in the Star and elsewhere that is sort of highlighting this for us here in Toronto. If you're listening to Vancouver, you already know all this, but... Um, what's happening in Vancouver. They're about eight months ahead of us. They had a very similar sort of uh, foreign buyer tax and other things dropped in place about eight months before we did. Uh, after their market was going at a breakneck world, you know, uh, all-time pace and things have, have, things slowed down after that was put into place. Well, what's happening there now? Just eight months, not even a year, just eight months time after this happened. Well, for their stats for the month of May, look at this. Um, uh, condo 
condo prices are up. Condo prices in Vancouver are up 17% from 2016. 17%, that's insane. That's about three times our typical long-term average for appreciation in Toronto. Three times the typical long-term average. Prices are up about 3%. Uh, if you want to talk about month over month, which again, I don't recommend, but if you want to get into that, prices are up 3% in one month from April to May for condos. If you look at my favorite stat, which is the sales to listing ratio, which really tells you a lot about uh, the sort of direction and pace of the market. Sales to listing ratio for condos in Vancouver was 94%, which is absolutely off the charts, red hot. 94%, 94% of all condos essentially listed for sale are selling within the same month. That's insane. That's deep, 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 deep into seller market territory. You know, you'd have to be down to around you know, less than 40% to be in a buyer's market. You're at 94%. If you look at townhouses, it drops down to about 76%. If you look at detached houses, it drops way down to 31%. So the, uh, the uh, the condo market clearly is red hot, but interestingly, the detached housing market in Vancouver is a buyer's market. It is very slow. So again, what is happening there? We see similar numbers in Toronto where the detached market has slowed down much more than the condo market, way more. The condo market, in fact, downtown, you still see listings every day are selling for over asking, way over asking, still getting six, eight, ten offers on condos downtown. So what's happening here? Well, it's the inevitable, which is a flight to affordability. People are looking for affordable options. Again, going back to one of my previous points, everyone needs a place to live. Not everyone has millions of dollars to buy very expensive real estate, but everyone still needs a place to live. And when you're investing in condos and you're investing in the most affordable product type in the market, then you know you're always as the more the market rises up the more attractive your your product becomes compared to everything else because it's the cheapest on the market so we're seeing that in Vancouver we're seeing that in Toronto as these cities mature and as these markets mature more and more people are looking at condos as um not not they're not just their preferred option but their only option because it's just impossible to afford a house and so we are seeing that um, across the board in our big cities, especially in Toronto and Vancouver. So again, good news for you if you're a condo investor. You know, many years ago, uh, there was a, a strong sentiment that, you know, don't invest in condos. They're just not a good investment. There's too many of them. Who's going to buy these things from you, um, you know, in the future? But there's a, there's a strong case to be made here that, Condos have a very bright future, brighter than ever before, again, simply due to affordability and the fact that nobody can afford a house anymore. So there's so much room for condo prices to continue to grow. House prices have shot up so much uh, over the past couple of years in particular. Condo prices remained relatively flat up until about six months ago over the past few years relative to house prices they have gone up but compared to house prices how much they've gone up they're relatively flat in comparison 
And now over the past six months, and I believe continued ahead over the next you know few years, condo prices are just catching up to where house prices already are. Um, and so there's still a lot of room to grow in condo prices. And we certainly are not in any kind of an oversupplied. The market is certainly still dramatically undersupplied overall. And we need a lot more uh, condos to be put into the market before we ever see uh, prices slowing down. And we know that that's not going to happen anytime soon because we simply cannot build them fast enough. And we are done. We are we have reached the end of the episode. I thank you very much again for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you got something useful from it. And if you did, please go ahead and share this with somebody who could benefit from it, somebody who else who might find this useful, somebody who's thinking about investing in condos or somebody who already is. And once again, make sure you're a subscriber. Sign up at truecondos.com. And until next time, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.